Hello and good evening. My name is Kyle Eric, and this is A for Abled. A for Abled is a podcast that will focus on individuals with challenges, differences, or what the mainstream would call disabilities. The goal is to provide a platform for guests to share their personal stories of what handicapable truly means to them and the refusal to be boxed in regardless of culture, gender, body type, creed, or diagnosis. So the first episode will feature myself, my younger sister, and our mother. And we recorded this episode on October 6th, which is World Cerebral Palsy Day. That was not planned. We had no clue that there was even a, a such a day as Cerebral Palsy Day. World Cerebral Palsy Day. So the fact that, um, you know, that we recorded it on that day is kind of symbolic to me now. Um, we discuss um, how my mother and uh, my dad felt about uh, getting the diagnosis and uh, what they did to make sure that myself and my sister had a normal life. And also, um, my sister and how she would step up and defend me from bullies and other people's expectations. Honestly, I hope whomever listens to this gets something out of it regardless of what your uh, situation is, whether you have a diagnosis like mine or something different or maybe nothing at all. I just hope that you come back for more after listening to the first episode because there will be more stories like these from different walks of life and um, we're just going to go on this journey together and not feel boxed in, stereotyped, or judged by the world. So with all that being said, let's get to episode one of A for Abled. How are you, Mom? I'm great. I am great, and I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited about this podcast and your mission for it, and it's overdue. Way overdue. It's overdue, but I'm glad we're having the conversation. And, uh, Cheyenne? Yeah. (laughs) I'm how, so excited. How are we how are we feeling about this tonight? You comfortable? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, echoing mom, it is. It's overdue. I'm really excited that this is how you want to open your podcast, and we're gonna have a real conversation. Um, and I think go places that I don't think we've ever gone out loud. That you know, and that's also a point. It's 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 for me to get out of my own way, and this is the best way I know how to do it. Yeah. And you guys were so encouraging about this, especially when I came up with the title. Um, yes. I, I, I remember, I remember um, it was our aunt, it was Titi, mm-hmm. who encouraged me to do this to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. She had told me that she had looked around, because we all, you know, because we love to listen to podcasts, we love to be entertained, we love to be informed, but there wasn't a lot of podcasts having to do with, um, with cerebral palsy specifically. I looked around and there was a few episodes and there might have been like one or two of them, but there wasn't a lot, which you can find podcasts about anything. You can find it about world news, politics. Um, I also do a series of other podcasts having to do with things of the, you know, of the nerd kind. You know what I'm saying? I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. I love to talk about, 
you know, comics, anime, etc. This is the first time I'm ever coming out and, and talking about um, disabilities and, di and differences of that nature. So um, this is uh, this is something new for me, and I. I'm glad you guys have been so encouraging about it and and wanting to and and wanted to talk about it for the first episode. So, um, let me just let me just come out and ask mom this. Um, so when 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 they told you about well, first off, how did you find how did you find out about uh, about uh, me having cerebral palsy? Uh, when I was born, how, 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 how did they tell you about it? Well, it started off because you were born early. You were mm -hmm. born a month and a half early, seven weeks early. And then fast forward going to, by the time you were maybe six months old, the things that kids do, babies do by six months, you were a little, you know, delayed. Mm -hmm. And so I asked the question. And um, so the doctor said he may have CP. And I'm like, what is CP? And he says cerebral palsy. Okay. He says, well, let's give it a few months because he was born early. Then we'll have, you know, the conversation again by the time he's nine months. So at nine months, you weren't sitting up like you were supposed to be. And so they sent me to Newington Children's Hospital. And... We went there, and they confirmed that it was cerebral palsy. And I said, okay, what does that mean? They just said it was shock of birth. So That's all they said? Yes, it was shock of birth. Because CP is not a genetic disorder mm. or anything like that. It happens really during the birthing process. Um, you lose oxygen to the brain, and it you know, um, can hinder the cerebral part of the brain um, where it can cause um, disabilities. It can cause, you know, um, delayed developmental issues, mm -hmm. um, physically, mentally, you know, and there's different variations of it or different... I was going to ask you that next. Did they did they tell you exactly what I, what I had in terms of, of CP, right. like what type I had? Well, they said they wouldn't know until you got a little older. Um, but as you got to about one years old, but before then, they said, you may not walk, <laughs> you may not talk. Um, what else did they say? There were so many negative connotations behind the word CP, where, you know, most people think you're quadriplegic, you're in a wheelchair, you can't move, you can't talk, you know, uh, um, it's... it's yeah, all of those things. And I was determined to make sure that that wasn't going to be my child. So when they said you were not going to walk, and I just said, yeah, okay. Now, they did they come out and just say, because before you said may not walk, did they right. say, did, they, did it just seem like they were just counting me out from the get-go? Well, I mean, from their experience, mm -hmm. you know, they, this is a hospital that was um, geared for disabled children and so when so you they walked were... in the hospital mm -hmm. most children were in wheelchairs or with walkers or you know couldn't speak couldn't lift their heads couldn't you know couldn't do anything for themselves that's what I witnessed um, there were some kids that can walk and some kids that can talk but mm -hmm. majority of the kids I noticed 
they were, you know, um, they had severe disabilities. Mm. Um, you were not that kid. And we were determined to make sure you weren't that kid. Um, and, you know, everybody's situation is different, but I don't believe in counting people out because how do they know that you weren't going to walk? You know what I'm saying? They didn't, they had no, they can only go by past history. Right. They can only go by know. experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they didn't know, they couldn't say for fact that you weren't going to walk. Cause you were that kid. If you, you know how you put a child, stand a child up on your legs, on, on their legs and they jump. Yep. You did that all the time. You know, you moved your legs, you crawled everywhere. I remember crawling. Right. You yeah. crawled everywhere. You did a lot of things faster than they thought or sooner than they thought I should say. Um, but then there was a lot of things that they were really surprised that you were able to do. Mm. And even later, they said, oh, by the time he's 30, he's going to have severe arthritis. He may be in a wheelchair by the time he's 30 years old. And we know that you can walk the city right now. So they were, just based on expe- on past experience, they were preparing for the worst. Right. They were trying to prepare me for the worst. They were preparing you for the re- worst. But did they did they offer any alternatives or anything to... No, they just basically, you know, gave me the regimen. I said, okay, now that we know that this is what this is, what do I do from here? I was 19 years old. Me and your dad were determined to make sure that, nope, what do we need to do? So we did what we needed to do. Physical therapy at home, took you for physical therapy on a regular basis at the hospital. Occupational therapy speech therapy, all of those things, because they expected you not to do any of those things. But by the time you were one, you were talking like you do right now. I think part of that was therapy. Part of that was also you refused to do baby talk. Absolutely. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, al- you know I always tell people I was, I always tell people I was raised by a village. Like in, in Shy, mm-hmm. you, you know for sure. Like I say it too. We were... We were raised not only by our parents, but but by our our aunts, cousins, grandparents, grandparents. Everybody had everybody had a hand in how we were mm-hmm. raised, and none of them did the baby talk with either one of us. Mm-mm. They spoke to us in in full sentences. They read to us. We watched TV. We would copy things that we would see, that mm-hmm. we would see there. We would pick things up quick mm-hmm. and surpri- and surprise and surprise people. Um, so. So, Shy, mm-hmm. um, you and I, really close. We're only, like, f- we're only four years apart. You, you've seen me at my best. You've seen me at my worst. Mm-hmm. How did you? How did you feel growing up with a big, you know, a you know, with a big brother that that was that had special needs? Or did you even see it that way? I didn't see it that way. I think because. Our family was so uh, determined on making sure you didn't you didn't feel treated differently, you know. So whatever the kids did, you did, and you know if you didn't do it, it was whether it was a challenge or whether you just weren't interested in it, you know. That's just what it was. Um, I think the turning point of our relationship was when you started going to school at Saint Margaret, right? And for those to catch up so we are four years apart I started at a Catholic elementary school um, from kindergarten through seventh grade um, and my brother and Kyle was at uh, 
which there's, was it Bucks Hill? Yeah, Bucks Hill first, or like at a public school? What was yeah. the public school that he was at first? It was Bucks Hill right. first. Yeah. yeah, Bucks Hill first. So, um, in public school, that public school had an elevator. It had other like special needs um, uh, teachers and mm-hmm. whatever have you. So there were programs for like all kids of all types of of, of degrees of learning and and physical um, abilities. And Saint Margaret didn't have that. Saint Margaret didn't have any teachers who were. Um, versed in that, St. Margaret didn't have um, any children that were differently abled physically, right? So by the time I was in kinder or first grade, I think Kyle was in third grade. Yeah, no, no, you started. You were, he started in third grade. Yeah, I was in third. Yeah, I was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I remember realizing that people, that the kids were treating Kyle differently, the boys, and uh, in particular. And by the time I got into, I think, first grade or second grade, we were in the same recess, and that changed the game. Because then I got to witness it. I got to witness them treating him differently on the kickball field. I got to, uh, got into a lot of fights with the boys and chase them and I would steal the kickball and kick it out of the way because he was sitting on the sideline because they weren't including him. Uh, I remember, and, uh-huh. I remember you stealing the kickball, mm-hmm. but you know, I re- and then I would threaten the boys in my class, like Connor and all that. I just remember going, make sure Kyle's on a team. Like you have to sit in class with me, you know, make sure Kyle's on a team. It was a really rough kid um but i remember trying to um toughen you up at home and i remember us getting into a lot of fights because you were like i'm bullied in school why are you why are you continuing that because i could always best you right i I could always like trip you and get on top of you and tickle you and i could always like rough you up and you wouldn't reciprocate that right um, well, they told me not to hit a girl. Right. They, you they, know, not to hit a girl. I was so raised I never totally to hit a girl. So. took advantage of that. But a lot of it was like, if you won't take it from me, if I see that you get frustrated with me and eventually start to roughhouse back or fight back out of your frustration, I needed you to do that with the the, the kids at school. And it, and, and it makes me uh, so sad. Sometimes, because when we talk about St. Margaret, it's informed a lot of your insecurities, even now. You know, that that period of time, that third grade to sixth grade period of time, really um, feels like it left a lasting negative impression in a way that I didn't experience that for myself in that community at Mm. St. Margaret. Um, And that... Then when you, and, and if we talk about your, your class also gaining one other differently abled person, um, the young lady who was, and we won't say her name on, on the podcast, but a young lady with Down syndrome. Right. And so then they were like, ah, someone for Kyle. That's what I. And then they grouped you together. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of, I remember being really upset mm-hmm. because I felt like they were singling me out. Yep. And right. when we brought it to when it, when we brought it to the attention of the school, they kind of shrugged it off. Mm-hmm. Right. So, let's back up mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, when you were in 
Bucks Hill, the public school system, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they did have the resources to accommodate him. Mm-hmm. But academically, they basically left him to the side. So that's when I was proactive in, wait a minute. He came home one day and said, Mom, I'm still reading in the same book I was reading in last year. So that was my cue to say, oh, let's find out what's going on. Because she was going, you were going into kindergarten. And I said, hmm. So I had a meeting with the teachers and, you know, um, they had a, a resource person for you. And the resource person was working at the level because you, you were reading at a fourth grade, fifth grade level in second grade. But they were hindering you. So that's why I made the decision to put you in the private school. And I wanted to make sure Cheyenne started off in the private school because the public school system, I didn't want you to get lost in the sauce. You know, I didn't want you to get held back because they thought you weren't ready. When in actuality, you knew more before you went to school than you did when you were there. So sent you to the private school, and I tell people this, I said, St. Margaret's was great for Kyle academically, mm-hmm. but it was the worst thing socially for him. Mm-hmm. And by sixth grade, I said, they're going to break his spirit. So it was time to take him out of there. Mm-hmm. And yes, we did bring it to their attention about them singling you out with the young lady and this, that, and the other. And we were excited that they were going to be bringing resources because of her to the school. And all, the, all you needed were for resources was just extra time for testing, extra time for work. That's mm-hmm. it. it. It had nothing to do with you not being able to. It was just about giving you more time. It took you longer to do tests or longer to do, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just had some modifications. Um, But they took it as, okay, now this person, she needed more. She needed more resources Mm -hmm. than you did, did, and, and you needed just modifications. But I noticed that they did not address the bullying. They did not address, um, you know, the way they were singling you out. And as a mother, as parents, your father and I, we just decided, okay, wait a minute, it's time to put him back in the public school system. And so when people say the public school system, we're not, I'm not putting my kid in the public, public school system worked for you. It worked for you. It worked for both of you. And the private school system for at the time worked for you also. So as a parent, you have to be aware of those things. As a parent, you have to pay attention to, you know, how your child, how your child is developing in their surroundings outside of your home. And that was very important to me because look at you two. You guys are amazing. You know, um, someone asked, where were you educated? Because you spoke somewhere and they were like, where was he educated? And I, I was proud because you didn't go to college. And they thought you just had this, this long uh, background of education because you spoke so well. And it wasn't that. It was the village. It was all of us. It was the, yeah. it was the village that made sure that you were not going to be singled out because of your walk. Mm-hmm. Swagger. I call right, it your swagger. Your swag, right. Mm-hmm. You were not going to be singled out. You know, and what sticks to me 
is you said to me one day, Mom, why didn't you just tell me? And I'm like, tell you what? About the CP. You had me thinking this, that. I didn't have you thinking anything because my thing is you were not going to be deprived of doing anything. So whatever you wanted to do, we were going to make sure it was possible for you to do it. Mm-hmm. You and your sister had nothing to do with you having a or being what they call it, not disabled. They call it what? Uh, handicapped. No. Differently able. Differently able. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you want to call it. Right. Whatever. Uh, you know. Um, but school was a big thing. Education. If I knew then what I know now, I would have homeschooled you both. Mm-hmm. Right? I would have right? homeschooled you Yo, both. Yeah. If I ever had children, I would homeschool them. I yeah. would, you know, and now, now you can yeah. go, you can do homeschool online you for do nothing yeah. from K to 12. Yeah. You know, I tell it to everybody. That's the best thing. And people say, well, what about socially? No, socially comes outside. Mm-hmm. They have their neighborhood friends. And activities, Activities, programs. yes. You know, because school is not geared for kids to succeed. Nope. It's not. Preach on Socially, it. academically, none of those things. And I wasn't going to let my children get lost in the sauce. I wasn't going to let my children be the little black kids from the neighborhood going to a public school system and, and, and just waiting for you all to get to an age to go to jail. That wasn't going to happen. You better say that, mommy. Eh. That wasn't going to happen. So, yes, the village, we all took care of you. We all made sure that you were able to do whatever it is that you wanted to do. I mean, we've talked about, we've talked about this before, but that really, that, that really, that really hit home. Um, So I, I, I think it's because of how we're talking about it now. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Let's talk about the um let's talk about the medical side of things. Okay. Um I know that I went through I only remember three surgeries. Um but there was a fourth and that was on my eyes, right? right. Um I remember I remember having an eye patch cuz mm-hmm. I had la- cuz I had lazy eye. Mm-hmm. Uh I remember Having to you, you know, having to use the, you know, the eye patch to train my eye. I just thought of it to, as a is to strengthen your to muscle. strengthen the muscle. Because I didn't. It, yeah, your muscles were weak. Your eye muscles were weak. So the patch was to strengthen your muscles of the eye so that you can control them and they wouldn't cross. So was that okay? So because. There are a lot of people in our family on both sides that wear glasses. So at least if, if, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, we're all blind. Until mm-hmm. I started reading up a little bit more on CP and how that affects. Because palsy means muscle. Right. So how that affects the muscles. I'm like, oh, so I used to, I would joke with my friends. I'm like, listen, okay, I got genetics and cerebral palsy doing this to me. Okay, so. Not so, doing, doing what to you? That's like, negative. I know, but what I'm saying is yeah, you're looking the, fabulous. The reason I, you know, the reason I had to wear glasses was not just because of genetics, but also because of my because of the CP as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as as far as the other surgeries with my with my hips, like how did you how did you feel when they when they talk when they first approached you about the surgeries and what that entails? Well, 
first you had um, cast on your legs mm -hmm. to help straighten out the legs um, because they would you would walk over your feet. Um, mm -hmm. That worked. Then the next thing was your hip was not growing correctly. Not growing correctly? Right, meaning it wasn't, it, it was tilted. So it was overextended, they called it. Okay. And so what they did is they, um, they wanted to correct that as much as possible because of the way you would walk your gait. Because mm -hmm. you, did, you didn't have a strong core and you didn't have a strong gait. Um, so when they explain the purpose of it, and they gave me an illustration, they showed me an illustration, um, I agreed. I agreed to it. And um, you had it twice. You had the hip surgery twice. Yeah. Um, the hip and, and the, the uh, muscle ex extent extenders I think they called it that extension like the your hamstrings mm -hmm. because cerebral palsy the muscles get really really tight yeah and um, as you get older they extract even more and so what happens is what they did is they cut the muscles of the hamstrings like behind your knees and your muscles behind your legs I don't remember what they were called mm. um, and that was because you were growing, you know, because you were growing and, um, and to loosen up your walk. Um, but now that you're 32 years old and doing Tai Chi and, you know, you're more mobile than before because what you're doing is, is purposely stretching your muscles so that they will not contract and, and stiffen up and stay there. Mm -hmm. So that's why they were trying to forewarn me to say that by the time you were 30 years old that you might... You know, that arthritis was going to set into your bones because of the operations um, and because that usually with people with cerebral palsy, they get worse as they get older and not better. And then that's when, you know, we talked about yoga. We did yoga for a while and everything like that. I loved yoga. Which yoga... Hot really, yoga is the best. Hot yoga, it was the best for you because it softens the muscles. It loosens up the muscles and makes it easier to stretch. Mm -hmm. And so for you, that was easier. And now that you're doing Tai Chi and what else? Aerobic? Um, like the water. Aqua aerobic. You know, aerobics. you're purposely doing things to strengthen yourself. And so this is why you can walk the city. <laughs> you know, um, when they counted you out from a kid. But that's, you know, like I, I remember, okay, I remember being, while I'm a, while I consider myself to be a pretty nice kid. I also remember being very stubborn when it came to doing my my exercises. Like you yeah. couldn't pay you couldn't pay me to willingly do right. my exercises, right. and I hated it when people would say, "Relax." I know that meant relax your muscles because I would tense up. Yep. You know, but it got to a it got to a point where the term "relax" because I felt like it was being drilled in my head. It would it would irritate me. Mm -hmm. Now you know now I get it because I know more. Right, you know, because I, you're an adult. Because I'm an adult, but I feel like if I if I was aware of more, you know, a little more aware of what CP meant in my case, maybe I'd be a little bit more, you know, susceptible to doing my exercises. I don't think so. I'm just. I'm Let me just tell saying, you why. Why? Why you think? Because <laughs> you were a typical teenager. Mm -hmm. You were a typical teenager. 
if you didn't want to do it, whether you understood it or not, if you didn't feel like doing it, you weren't going to do it. And also, it, plain it was, and simple. It had nothing to do with CP or knowing what CP was or anything like that. You were a typical teenager. Also, Especially it was painful. You're, right. Well, that too then, you <laughs> that, know? That was the thing. I didn't like, I, I don't, I have a low tolerance for pain, or at least I think I do. Okay. You know? So, I mean, but that's why, you know? So it's not about, and, and I want people to understand is it's, it is all in the mindset. Mm. You know, um, if you believe that you can't, you won't. If you believe that you can, you will. Mm. And for me, it was just a matter of making sure that you believe that you can. No matter what. Mm -hmm. Because everybody on the outside is counted you out from birth. Mm -hmm. You know, from birth. And so for me, how could they count you out from birth? They didn't even give you a chance yet. Yeah. Was it true? Okay. Was it? Is it true that they wanted to keep me back in kindergarten? Yes. They wanted to keep you back in kindergarten. And this was the, and I'll never forget it because the woman says, I don't think he's mature enough to go to first grade. And I said, why? And she says, well, you know, he doesn't participate in class. He doesn't have any friends, this, that, and other. But mind you, you did your work. And so one day they would, they were doing Mother's Day gifts. You know, you had to make something for Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And she says, but when he had to make that thing, I forget what it was. You did a picture or something for me um, for Mother's Day. And he was so excited. He was so engaged and he was so this and he was so that. And so in my head, I'm saying, then, you know, he's bored. Yeah, right. You're talking about he's not (laughs) mature. You know, but he's doing the work. So to me, it didn't make sense. And mm-hmm. I know my child. So there, there, there in lies also knowing your child. Um, he's bored. And if no one's engaging with him, he's not going to be engaged. Um, when he comes home, he tells me all about whatever he's doing and, you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got a phone call about you not putting your coat on. And they called me. They said, could Kyle put his coat on? I said, well, <laughs> what do you mean? They said, well, can he put his coat on? I said, well, what makes you think he can't put his coat on? Mm-hmm. They said, well, when he gets off the bus, we take the coat off. And when he gets on the bus, we put it on. I said, I'd stand there and let you do it for me, too, if you're going <laughs> to take my coat off. Take. I said, but just mm-hmm. tell Kyle to put his coat on. Right. I said, listen, we don't baby him at home. Right. We don't baby him. Kyle dresses himself. He brushes his own teeth. He washes his own tail. We don't baby him at home. So don't baby him. Yeah. That was first grade, kindergarten. Well, you've been in school since you were three years old. And they were expecting a wheelchair because CP was next to your name. And then when you went to school, God, thank God you, you had your cousins for your, your first two teachers, that cousin on your dad's side and a cousin right. on your mom's side. Right. Um, but I just remember them saying, there's nothing wrong with Kyle. I said, well, who said something was wrong with him? Mm-hmm. It's because they read your records, cerebral palsy's in your records, and what they expect is the worst. But, the, vi- always- but the village came out and said there's nothing wrong with him. Right. It's always so interesting, too, because uh, now there's so much more research sources out there. Like, Google didn't exist, you know, back when you're fighting with these teachers and just running off of your intuition. You know, it was, it, and your young parents, you, you had no point of reference, right? For any, so I, I always think about, like, when, when we talk about the school system today and how just, like you said, they're just churning out children and just, and school's not set up to learn and school's not set up uh, to, for, for a lot of children who are differently able to thrive. 
Um, it's one of those things where I admire you all's perseverance and like where did that come from? You know, because because there was no rule book for it and there was no Google. You mm -hmm. could look at it, but you were you were not accepting what was being thrown at you and you were finding a different avenue and that paid off. But there are so many people who are like, this is the challenge and every time I go on WebMD, this is this is all I can hope for. Yeah. And accepting the information given to you or actually pursuing um, the avenue that you know in your gut. Like you just followed your intuition right. and raised your son. I'm, I was a mother instantly. Yeah. And so whatever that takes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because as a mother, you take care of your child no matter what. Mm. You know? Um, and then when you TV is showing you that it, there's no limitations. There's people out there, no hands, no feet. Right. And they drive. They live on their own. They have they have families. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for careers, me, they have careers, careers exactly. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I was raised in a family where there were no limitations, period. You know, um, we were expected to do well. Mm -hmm. We were expected to do well. We were expected to be respectful. We were expected to do what we needed to do, what we were supposed to do, whether that's homework, whether that's, you know, respect people, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um... I didn't come from a background where people just let us sit back and woe is me, cry, sulk. We didn't come from that kind of background. My background, we came from resilient people, mm -hmm. you know. And so, and then I didn't cry about it. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. First thing I did at first, because I didn't know what it was, and I'm 19 years old. The doctor's telling me something's wrong. Right. But I knew in my gut something was wrong because I babysat from the time I was six, seven years old, mm -hmm. really believe it or not. Um, and so I knew what children were doing as babies and stuff. Um, but I knew something wasn't right. And so when it was told to me, I cried at that moment. I did. I cried at that moment. I don't even think your dad was at the doctor's office with me. I just remember coming home and telling him. Mm. Um, but at the same breath, I said, okay, what do I do from here? Mm -hmm. And when they told me, I did it. We did it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in the family did it. Right. You know, there was no, oh, oh, we got to treat him like he's, like he can't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, yeah. It, it just, it didn't, it was just a matter of what do you do? You just do it. There was no Google. There was no books. There was, yeah, we looked it up in the encyclopedia. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Yes, I do. Yeah, we know it's encyclopedia. Yeah. encyclopedia. We're like okay, the, the last generation, generation right. with encyclopedias. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we looked at We looked it up in the encyclopedia. We learned the yes, Dewey there Decimal were system. computers, and we had computers, but that wasn't something we always looked in a book for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the information that they give you, you know, is very vague. It's very yeah. vague. Yeah, that that's that's the thing that I'm still I'm still dealing with that today, right. even right. with the amount of information we have now. Okay, so. So we talked about we talked about the schooling a little bit about the schooling. We talked about the 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 surgeries at least uh, at least the, the the beginning. Let's talk about let's talk about the fun stuff. Shy. Yeah. Okay. So all right. So you and I, <laughs> ra you know, raised in the same house, our lives. Shit. We we had a uh, we had a um, we had a pretty normal childhood. The two of us, right? Yeah. Like we shared rooms. We we argued over. 
over the stupidest stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, don't change the channel on the TV because we had to share the TV. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to watch that tape again. My <laughs> favorite was if you didn't want to play the game I wanted to play, I would tell you I was running away. And I would only get... <laughs> halfway in front of the other house before you like the house next door before you would bust out crying and say Cheyenne we will play whatever you want to play but please don't run you away knew, you knew I how knew. to press my buttons that's a new one for me you that's a new one for you you didn't know you, you were, I no, used to tell I, Kyle I'm gonna run away if we don't play whatever I want to play and, and I would get to, I would get almost to the corner did. And at I one would, point, you almost yep, did. Yep and I think I was playing chicken with him so far that I got to the stop sign like, eventually, I think the last time, and then I think I rounded the corner, and then Kyle ran to me. He's so shy. No, don't go, go. I was like, when we're playing what I want to play, you know, whatever. She knew how to press my buttons, because I'm a... Cause I'm really, <laughs> cause I'm really, oh man, I'm really glad sensitive. I didn't know it. Then. Oh man, oh, oh I used to always threaten, threaten him. I'm gonna run he away. Never told it. No, Kyle Had never told. That, you know what happened. No, look, <laughs> Kyle Y'all does. Always... He knows snitches get stitches. That was the thing. No, that was the thing. You would say no. You you would you would say in the same breath. Why are you telling on yourself? Dad would dad would be like, cause I was the cause I was the oldest. If Shy messed up. I would get blamed, and if some, and if and if one of us snitched, you you would be like, okay, but at the same time, why why are you why are you snitching on each other? Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> oh, I caught Cheyenne eating a devil dog in 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 our bedroom upstairs. Why why you why, snitching? Why 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 you snitching? Shy at the in the same breath. Why are you snitching? <laughs> uh-huh. You know, it would be the weird it would be the weirdest dynamic, and it's still going on today, but in a different capacity uh but for but for us it's a whole it's a whole different ball game so i want to so i want to know like now that we're adults mm. right like we're we're adults we still look we still look like kids yeah um yeah, we still look <laughs> that still, black don't crack for real um so and i and i've never asked you this but you did bring it up to me a couple times have you ever discussed our you know you know our our childhood to anyone have i ever discussed our childhood in what way like, has anyone ever asked you, like, if you, if there was, like, a, like, a, like, anybody with, anybody with CP or anybody that has a sibling or, or someone they know with, with special needs or, it, did it ever get brought up? Um, I feel like maybe if the conversation was relevant, mm. I find that out in the world, uh, people throw the word, cr- word crippled around often. Glad. I know. And it's, and it's worse. It, it has a worse impact historically for me just for for me than the n-word you know because it was weaponized on the playground that i was talking about that i would you know what i mean that Mm. they would use that so i Mm -hmm. noticed that in jest people go oh my foot hurts i'm so crippled today i don't hey i'm gonna move sorry you know and they just throw it around and it does it sets my uh, my uh my hair is my you know it gives me goosebumps chills you know what i mean Mm. Yeah. And sometimes when I say, I go, you know, I've never been a fan of that word. I do tell people I've never been a fan of that word. They're like, no. I said, no, my brother has CP. You know, I'll say, I'll say it very plain like that. My brother has CP, and it was a word, it was a word that was used uh, negatively toward him. And so I like, I like to set that and nip that in the bud, that it's not a way that you can jest with me, mm. you know. Um, no. Other than that, n- not really unless people express, you know, it, unless we get into a conversation about... Um, where that's relevant, mm. you know, yeah. like I've been excited about this podcast. So I've been sharing, yeah, I'm going to film, you know, uh, you know, film, I'm going to uh, record with my brother. He's starting a new podcast, A for Abled. I was like, I'm really excited to talk about his journey through, um, having CP, uh, you know, so that I've chatted about 
Uh, and I and yeah. I appreciate that, by the way. Word, word. <laughs> I appreciate that, by the way, because like I said, I was really nervous about starting this. Yeah. I, you know, I could I could chat forever about like the like the Marvel movies or whatever anime I'm watching for the season, but when it comes to when it comes to talking about myself in yeah. this way, being that you know being that vulnerable, especially to people that don't know me. Yeah. It it it's. It's but not, it's I'm not also curious about when you, can you speak on mm-hmm. when you started to embrace your never be normal mindset? Because oh. as kids, what I do remember is you getting so upset because of, you know, like you said, you had surgeries. So when you had surgeries, you know, you did have bouts in your wheelchair, you know, in a wheelchair and we, you did yep. have those moments in recovery where you had months, you know, where you were immobile. Um, and in those periods of time or whatever have you, mom and dad had the handicap sticker for the cars and dad would always use it to get that, par- that closer parking spot. And mm-hmm. he always, and he means it. He's like, I, I use it. He's like, I always used it because I don't want to walk that far, but it used to mortify you. It used to embarrass you. Um, when we would get out of the car, be like, dad, please don't put that in the window. You know? So when can you, sp- can you speak on when you started to embrace your never be normal and um, and really love Kyle and say like this is this is me in my completeness. I will say that's pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah that 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 was pretty recent because for a long time that handicap that like that handicap sticker and don't get me wrong I know why we need it and I know why it exists mm-hmm. but at the same time there's a stigma behind it. You know what I mean? Like as soon as someone sees. If someone if someone happens to have that sticker mm-hmm. and someone does not see something with them right away, automatically they look at them as if they're faking it. Mm-hmm. When someone could have that sticker for something that's mentally up with them or something as, you know, or like they don't need a walker or they don't need a, uh, they don't need like crutches or braces, but they need they they need these you know these medications or this certain thing for their for their mental stability or they or they might need a, a you know a small something like some sort of apparatus just to get around. Yeah, I I, I want to cut you off for two seconds. Um, when you said that, yeah, there was one time we did have it and we were going to the grocery store and I pulled in and this couple waited for me to get out the car because they just wanted to tell me about myself. Until I had to pull the walker out the car and Kyle and the lady apologized. Mm. Oh, I got Because the... me as a black woman looked yeah. at her like, what? And she looked, because they were waiting to say something to me. Mm. And when I got out and had to grab his walker, that's when he had the walker. Mm. Grabbed the walker and he's getting out. And then she looked at me and I looked at her straight in her face. And then, you know, waiting for her to say something because you can tell that they were just, like, ready to just, you're not handicapped type of thing. What are yeah. you doing? Da-da-da-da. Wow. And she looked at me and she says, I'm sorry. Didn't say no. We didn't have a conversation or anything like that. She just says, I'm sorry. I Oh, man, I got a story that goes with that. Okay, so... Uh, a few, so a few year, a few years ago, back, you know, back when we were, when we were in school, yeah. um, I went to the, I went to the corner store with, uh, with our buddy Kajan, right? We come straight from the bu- from the bus stop to this little to this little corner store by Nana's house, and we did, I I remember that we just we we got something we headed out somebody was behind us, she 
was about to yell at me. Like, like she saw me, she saw me walking. She thought I was faking it. So she comes up to me and says, "Oh man, I'm I'm so, I'm, I'm sorry, sweetie. I'm sorry. It was it was a it was a nice you know it, it was a nice uh, black lady." But she comes out and says, "Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought that was fake until I realized. Oh my God, he really walks like that." You know, so she told me about how she has somebody in her family or a friend or something that, you know, that has, um, you know, their own unique walk and they have a, they have a condition. When I told her that, yes, I walk like this, I have a limp, I have cerebral palsy, she was almost in tears apologizing. And I was like, it's okay. I gave her, you know, I gave her a hug and then that, and then that was it. But that always stuck in my head because we think, oh, Another story, really quick, digressing. I go to 7-Eleven, right? I go to I go to 7-Eleven with some friends. I get stopped by a Jehovah's Witness who said, God said that they would fix my legs. Oh, good God. As if they needed fixing. I'm like, okay, I know that, you know, her, she, she was just being the, you know, the nice Christian or whatever she was. Uh, <laughs> I, I swear, you know, I swear it might have been a Jehovah's Witness, but I don't, I don't know. But my thing is, it doesn't matter. Uh, she said God came to her and told her they would that he would fix me. I'm like, there's really nothing to fix, but thank right. you. Right, yeah. There's, and that's, there's and, nothing to fix. Right, and that's where, um, as a mother, where we don't want anybody to pity right. our children. Right. So when we went on the cruise, when the family went on the cruise, and I just remember one of the ladies that was with us that deals with special care need um, people. That's mm -hmm. what she does for a living. Mm -hmm. um, you were in the buffet, and she says to me, can I help Kyle? I was like, help him do what? She's like, well, he needs... I said, no, if Kyle needs help, he'll ask. Yeah. I said, no, he just does things a little different than we do. But trust me, his food's not going to fall off the plate. Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me. I said, we don't baby Kyle. Kyle is, he was 17, 18 at that time? At the time. I, said, you, I think he was 17. Mm. And um, I said, no, no. If he asks for help, you can. I said, but no. And she goes, okay. She left us alone the rest of the trip. Mm. And see, she was trained to do that, but that also comes from the... You know that that comes from the expect the expectations and the stigma of being what people right. would call exactly. people would call handicapped. And to answer your and to answer your question about about me really accepting myself and not really caring, there are days where I regress. There are there are days where I I think about like what if like there would there would be there would be days during the recovery of those surgeries where I would think. I'm a burden on mom and dad mm -hmm. because of because of this. Like if it wasn't for this thing that I have, they wouldn't have to worry about stuff like insurance. They wouldn't have to worry about stuff like therapy, paying for paying for surgeries, people, you know, people pitying me, having to having to put a a, a, a hospital bed in the middle of the living room just so I had you know, just so I have a place to sleep at night during my recovery, all, you know, the medications, all, all, all that, all that stuff. And, and that was just, and that was just me being, de you know, depressed and anxious because those recovery times felt like forever. Mm -hmm. So when I started really to embrace myself, I'd have to say late twenties, 
late twenties. I am th- I'm thirty two now. So that was only a f- so that was only a few years ago. But people in general don't mm-hmm. embrace themselves until then. Mm. Or later. Sometimes they live a full life without, yeah. without loving ever. themselves yep. or accepting who they are and they have no physical disability. But I was really proud of you because you do have <clears throat> what what that also couples with is is lack of self-awareness, right? Yeah. And so what you do have is a, a keen self-awareness um, and we're able to identify when you needed more help to overcome right. to overcome those thoughts right right yeah and it wasn't always easy to ask for help because mm-hmm. i because i felt like me being you know already needing the, you know the help that i did you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it felt like all i was doing was was adding on to it but i know i know that that was pride and there are times where i still got to get through you know still got to get through that i still got to fight that but you know now if i didn't ask for the help that I, you know, that now I wouldn't be where, where I am. I didn't, you know, none of this was, none of this was done alone. Once, right. a, once again, right, you know, raised by the, by the village. I, I embrace going to therapy. I embrace, you know, uh, I embrace going to yoga. I am, I embra- embrace Tai Chi. I embrace having talks like this. And I know that this isn't everyone's story. I right. know, I know that this is only one piece of a gigantic, puzzle right you know and but i'm so proud of you i'm so proud that you're sharing your story because it's healing for other people it's healing for yourself so. also oh it's definitely healing but for it's me healing for other people and that's what we're here to put on this earth for is to love one another and embrace one another for who we are and share our stories for those that are out there that don't have the village mm-hmm. and, you know and you know they, they feel stuck or depressed and think that the world is ending mm. when the world isn't ending. Your world is beginning right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and even though you're, it's beginning because you have embraced it all, it's beginning because now you're awake, it's beginning because you're an adult, it's beginning because you're independent, it's beginning because you are just at this point where you're like, my story needs to be told because I know it can help the next person. This is not for you. Right? This is not for you. And that's part of the reason why we were so I was excited. I've been encouraging and excited uh, encouraging you and really excited that you were going to do this because of just what you said, mommy, which is so powerful that people there's so many people who don't have that village, who didn't have that resource, mom, who who uh their parents might have resigned in the fact that they can't, you know, that your future is out of their control and just to let life happen to you. And you're taking the bull by the horns and living life. And by doing this podcast, you're saying, let me be your village. Yes. You know, yes. you're saying, let me hey, give you a you, safe space let me give, safe yes. to tell your story and to, um, sorry to cut you off. But no, yeah. Let me, let me, let me create, you created a safe space for yourself. Yes. And for others, because like you said, this is not for just people with CP. This is for people that feel that they walk the world they, differently. Right. Yeah. They, yes. Right. Because all your lives, both of you, I always said you're unique and fabulous. Mm-hmm. And some people, when you say fabulous, they think it's feminine and this, that, and other. No, fabulous just means you are the shigs, Nick. Good you, job. <laughs> you, you, you are 
wonderful and powerful, you know, with and you to love the skin you're in mm -hmm. because we are all unique in one way, shape, or form. Now, who we help in our uniqueness mm -hmm. is what makes the difference. What do we do with it? Mm -hmm. You know, because we have a purpose on this earth. You know, and not everybody knows what their purpose is, but when you start working and walking in your purpose, you're walking in your purpose. You don't even know. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and for you to even name it A for Able, man, that was powerful when you said it. Right. That's the first, I mean, it just gave me chills when you said it. Yeah. And then, Same. Um, I guess that's what happens when you're trying to come up with stuff at midnight. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's divine intervention, too. You know what I mean? Because it came to you in a way where it's like, and then how about today being cerebral palsy, National Cerebral Palsy Day? What is that? Law of attraction. Law of attraction. Law of attraction. That's for real. Um, so, like, okay, one other thing I want to talk about is wording. I want to talk about how, how we give certain words power. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like for, ex like, for example, the word crippled. Mm -hmm. And how it affected not only me. I didn't know how 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 that affected you. Yeah. I had I had no clue. Still, still. Still, I had no clue how that affect how that affected you. Mm -hmm. Me, I you know obviously because I you know because I was you know around hearing hearing that word it always meant some it always meant something bad like like for like for example, first time I remember hearing that term was uh it was a uh, Christmas a uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Watch, watching a Christmas Carol, and seeing Tiny Tim with the crutch, yeah. and they just say he, they, you know, his dad is describing how you know people at the church knew he was a cripple and they didn't pity him, blah blah blah, because of the way he was, you know, how positive he was despite his his thing. I'm like, okay, that was the first time. But then later on, while while in elementary school, I remember hearing that term a lot to describe, you know, to just to just to describe someone who wasn't who didn't seem right, who didn't yeah. walk up straight. Now they were always talking physical. Yeah. When it came to when it came to when it came to mental, they t they used the term special. Yeah. It was crippled, it was special. I used to go to a special gym. I re I remember uh back at Bucks Hill, me and my and my and my homie Adrian who has a speech impediment, who who was wheelchair bound up until, you know, up until high school. Guess what he's doing? Mm. He's a rapper. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. he's he's a rapper. So, and I was and I was just talking to him. Shout out, plug him. He's plugging right. him, plugging him. Um, his name is Master A. a. Um, so, so anyway, <laughs> Master A for able. <laughs> right. A for A plus. Oh man. Mm -hmm. So so anyway, so I remember going to to special gym and just having it was just me and him just playing wiffle ball or or you know or um you know just running around the gym or whatever they would get, give him his uh you know give him his walker give him his crutches um but i remember having some of the best friends like you know they would want to push me in a wheelchair not because you know not because i was the kid in a wheelchair is because it was fun you know what i mean um you know i i i remember them being curious about uh, the, I would bring like my metal plates when they took the metal plates out of my hips. I would bring them in for like show and tell. Yeah, that and drove I, me nuts. And I would do oh, that. I liked them. And I would do that yearly. I remember mm -hmm. doing that up until high school. I remember just to get a, just to get a reaction. I still have them. I know you do. And it's 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 just it's just it funny. Drives me nuts. Now, <laughs> now, when the net when the Netflix show 
special came mm. out. You should do an episode of that special. I wanted to. That, I wanted. Out. I wanted to do that to like if I could talk to the cre- the creator yes. of that who happens to have we'll figure CP it out. and basically tell his story through. I wish I could have read his book once I. Like, cause when I first saw the term special as a title mm-hmm. and saw what they were doing, I, you know, at first, the first thing I thought of was that is the most condescending, uh, that is the most mm-hmm. condescending title mm-hmm. you could get until I learned about them guy's story. Not to mention the fact that the guy who wrote it is also the guy who's starring in it, right. who happens to be, ah. who, who Have you watched to... special mom? I did watch it. Yes. Okay. What yes. did you, what did you think? Um, I thought it was a good movie. It's not a movie. Series. Well, it's, well, a series. it's a series. Yeah. yeah, but I thought, it, well, okay, series. Oh, I think yeah. I only watched two episodes because mm. okay. it came went back to back. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't particularly feel no certain kind of way about it. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It didn't. It didn't stand out. Okay. To me, in a way where it um, depicted. Uh, it depicted a, a guy going through normal life in a way where he was conflicted mm-hmm. with social socializing with social issues. Right. Yeah. Um but that was it. I didn't it didn't feel like a And that's a topic for another one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we could yeah. we could really we could, I would love really, to dive into special. I think right. We, yeah, I think so we and should. I would have to watch it again because right. it wasn't memorable. I okay. watched it a while back. Let, let, um but yeah. But, it didn't. It didn't really do what I thought. Yeah. What I expected from okay. it. Okay. Let me just yeah. let me just say where you had that where it had, where it had no effect on you. I was the complete opposite. But even circling back to yeah. when when you asked the question, yeah. Because um, not to dive too deep into special, but rather yeah. the the question that you posed about giving power, power to, to words. words. Like, that's how you felt about special until, until you realized that the creator was someone who identified as differently abled, was right. someone with cerebral palsy. Right. That makes a difference in how you view the use of the word. Is that right. Because that, that was the thing. Like, when we, when we define words and give them other definitions yeah. and they stick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if, if say, say you call somebody, like, the term gay used to mean happy, right? right? It now, still means happy. And it still does. But when you think of the but when you think of the term, and I'm not speaking of you know I'm I'm just saying like when you think of the term, the first thing you think of is someone who happens to like the same gender. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas if if you try to explain that to some people now, they'll probably completely forget that you know that gay also meant happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it, that that that's the thing. Like we're so fixated on well, so special. Yeah, special to me. It used like, to be positive. It, it used to be positive. Then it turned into <laughs> condescending because it's something that they, they didn't want to say things like you're uh, crippled or you're, and I, and I heard, right. ret- and I heard so, retarded too. And, and that's right. Yeah. And like, so that as a kid, yeah. yeah, the word retarded. Yeah. Just, I didn't like it right. because in grammar school, the special care need kids, they would call them that on the, you know, and I didn't have anybody in my family that was that. I was the one that protected them. Funny you should say it because I was listening to the radio and there's a popular new rap song. I won't plug it. Let's mm. not plug it. But there's a popular new rap song I, I, and the radio was on and I realized that they, <clears throat> they're bleeping out the word retarded oh. in the rap. And I was, and I said, good on you. I like, right. you know, I right. said, it's not just 
the vulgar words. It's right. those words too. You know, I said, yeah. I said, retarded should be bleeped out right. of rap songs like that. We shouldn't normalize the way that he's using it because right. the way that he's using it is offensive. He's saying he's popped all those uh, mollies and things like that or whatever, and it's got him walking retarded or whatever. However, right. the phrase is. Yeah. Um, but so, but yeah. on the, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. The w- one that strikes me recently um, is having sat in on a lot of auditions and audition rooms, mm. um, there was, it, I was happy to see um, a gentleman walk in who who was visibly walking differently, uh, very similar to the swagger that you have. Mm. Um, and on on his resume, he had played a character called like Cripple Joe or Cripple something. like. And I was like, there's a, pl-. and that bothered me because I'm like looking at, his resume, he's played that role more than once. Mm. And I said, I see. So here you are they trying to make a ca- career right in your typecast, and now mm. you have Cripple on your resume. And that, that as a writer, I was like, we have to do better with being descriptive. You know, being descriptive mm. if we're going to um, tell stories that feature folks who are differently able, they're physically challenged, but not to, we don't have to call them, we don't have to call the character Cripple no, Joe. You or don't Cripple have Joe. to call you know, awareness, like... Yeah, whatever it was. So I was really upset to see that on his resume and wondering and interested in that conversation around like what did that feel like being up for that role, being cast and doing that role more than once. You know, that was a question I wanted to ask at the same time that wasn't um, the the way audition, right, auditions go in, they, they run in, they do a monologue, they run out, they run in and run out. But he stuck with me. He stuck with me because of his, because what was on paper, not particularly because I thought he was good or bad, just I didn't like that that role exists, mm-hmm. and that's what's prominent on his, that's his leading role, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, credit. So this is why these type of conversations are important, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so many people out there that are living with it, mm-hmm. yep. and living with um, accepting the norm, because... Yeah. If that's the case, you would fight every day, mm-hmm. you know, for people staring, because that used to drive me nuts with people staring, or people just walking over you guys, just walking over Kyle like he did not, like he wasn't standing next to me, yeah. and I wasn't holding his hand, and walk, you know, and just people calling. I've never heard anybody call him any names. Mm-hmm. Um, he would come home, and I knew something happened, and I was that mother, like, you're... you're, you're um, Auntie Shea always calls me Mufasa, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and then Titi was, she says, I'll be like, what's, what was the name of that movie where the nanny went on the playground and threatened the kid? I forget the name <laughs> no, of the movie, but, know. um, you know, Auntie, everybody wanted to go on the playground again, <laughs> whoever the kid was that bothered Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but this conversation is very important especially in nowadays, these days and times, because there's so many names out there for whatever, right? Yeah. And people use them and use negative name, negative connotation as it's nothing, like it's okay. And it's not okay. Um, you find yourself around, that's just like with being black. It's not okay to, to, to ask questions that people are very ignorant to the fact of what they're saying mm. is not um what's the word it's 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 not 
it's not good. It's right. not um, like I, like you. We know that African many African Americans in this country are descendants of slaves, but you wouldn't start a conversation or have a conversation and say, "Do you know what family owned you? Right? Do you know what family right. owned your? You know, know th- things yeah, like that. Like you mean questions. like like yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, I appreciate people that are curious, mm-hmm. yeah, and ask a question in that way. Yeah, I'm getting that you know, now. Where, yeah. Right, where you know, like. When people would ask, um, because you guys were so articulate as kids, mm-hmm. yep. right? And people would ask, you know, where did they learn to speak like that? Where did they learn to speak like that? And I'm saying, to, and I'm I'm thinking it's a trick question. Yeah, right. Because it's like, aren't we all speaking English right, in America? Exactly. Like, you know, one of those things, like, isn't that what you right. were taught? So you won't ask somebody, why do you walk like that? Yeah. You know, kids maybe because they, kids, they don't would, know and it's yeah. innocent. Right. But adults, you know, or I've had one adult ask me, tell me what that is that makes Kyle walk like that. That's different. Right. Yeah. Because it's thought it's a thoughtful way to phrase the exactly. question. Exactly. Yeah. How do I find, gain this information without being offensive? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when I said C P, they didn't know what that was. Yeah. And then even when I said cerebral palsy, they still didn't know what it was. So I appreciated the way they asked the question mm-hmm. and I was able to give her an intelligent answer mm-hmm. and allow them to look it up. Ask you know? Questions, yeah. Um and we're like, Oh, you know, and I had one person ask me a long time ago, what did I do when he was a kid? I said, what do you mean? Did people tease him and this, that, and other? I said, yes, they did. I said, but we don't live in a world. It, it, in my house, it wasn't about that. Mm. You know, I said, um, I taught both my kids to love themselves enough to know that they are strong enough to be who they are no matter what. And as long as we just kept pushing that, and cultivating that and nourishing that in all ways, shape, and form, that means through family, through, through um, activities, through mm. their surroundings, through you know, their environment, everything had to, had to foster you know, that you are unique. Mm-hmm. You are unique, but you're still human. Mm-hmm. Just you know, It's bad enough people don't treat us human. Right. They don't, you know, and and I shouldn't say it in the way that it's so you bad. You said it the way it was supposed no, to be said. said. Right, no, but no, I mean, it's, it's just it's just bad <clears throat> enough that yeah. we fight all these different fights. Yeah, yeah. But you have to choose which way you fight them. Yeah. So we choose the in the way where it's you are not going to take any power from me. Right. You know, I'm powerful from who I am, what I do. Right. I'm yeah. powerful. Yeah. And in in as a mother. I had to make sure that you guys knew that you were powerful. You come from kings and queens, so you're princes and princesses. I'm an empress. You're a prince. (laughs) All right, if you're an empress. I feel it. No, no. I I feel you on that one. That's how that goes. So when we talk about names and and titles, or not titles, but names and words, and, Mm. you know, what they say, sticks and stones stones. may break my bones, but Words. words will never hurt me. 
Yeah, and that's great. Words hurt. Words hurt a lot. <laughs> Words though. hurt. That's a, that's the that's that's the thing. Like like we're taught that as we're taught that as kids. Yeah. But then once you but once you get old, older and you start having more you know like responsibilities and go out there in in the quote unquote real world, they become something that stick in your head a lot more. And this is why I'm you know I'm an advocate for 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 therapy. You know what I mean? Like it's. It really, it really pushed pushed my buttons when other people would look at would look at someone who was different than them, whether it be whether it be the the clothes that they wore, the type of you know the the type of uh, you know the type of music they were into, and then to add on, oh, oh, wait a minute, so you're you have a physical disability too, so you're already so you're already different from me in this way. But you're but you're very different from a lot of people in this way. I'm like, okay, can we talk right. about it? Can mm-hmm. you know? Can we can we talk and just see that that you're you're a regular person. I'm a regular person. We're all different. There's really no such thing as normal. So that's you know. So that's my you know. That's my whole thing about it. When I would hear stuff like the the word you know the word retarded or or mental retardation or or different or handicapped or anything like that i'm like have you ever really had a chance to talk to someone that's you know in that case now it seems like now it seems like for some of us we're trying to overcompensate now it seems like we're trying to overcompensate we're trying to be too nice Hmm. instead of actually letting you know letting people just live right like i'll I'll, like (laughs) i'll give you like i'll give you i'll give you another example i was i was perusing facebook the other day and I see this this video that another that someone had uh, posted. Shouts out to the you know you have CP Facebook group. Um, they shared this this video that made the news of this little kid making a ba- making a, um making a basket on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, a, I love that video. And he's in a wheelchair. And that's oh, all. that's not the one I'm thinking of. And that you know and, the, and while him doing you know and while him making the basket was awesome. The guy that shared it on, you know, you have CP. He's like, "How are we gonna get past it and just have a talk when you still have things like this?" And I'm like, "I get it because they're treating it as if, oh, it's so triumphant because he decided to mm. to to act like everyone else." Mm. When I'm like, "There are wheelchair basketball leagues. What do you right. mean? Like what? Do right. you, like what? What is? The... I know someone who plays so, professional wheelchair right. basketball. And so they, they, thank that... you." Right, and so, but they still differentiate. Them. They they still differentiate, you know them. What I mean? and now, um, you know, and now with this, with the culture that we're in, where that we're in now, where you have to feel like you're stepping on eggshells just to not offend someone, they don't realize that there are multiple ways of offending, even if it's in the right, even if you're thinking you're doing the right thing. Yeah. So no, it did not need to be. It did not need to be broadcasted. The fact that he was on the court just like everyone else. Is great, but why was it in that? You know, why was it made to blow up that as that big of a deal? I'm just, I'm just saying, the kid was awesome though, as as a person. That's my that's my that's my whole point. Um, so I th- yeah, so I think I think this would be a perfect way to wrap this first episode up. I want to once again thank both my mom and my sister 
for you know for being here with me and being our first guest for A for Able. Like Yay, thank you. And I'm so excited. Honored. Hashtag honored. Yes, I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of I'm proud of I'm proud of you. Wondering you know, just looking forward to you growing and the type of uh, the different guests that you'll have on this show mm-hmm. and the type of questions that you'll get um, from the folks who, who want to learn more. And, and like you said, sometimes there's the curious folk who are trying to figure out how to ask a question, how to know more. Yeah. And sometimes there are folks that uh, just need the information silently because they realize that they haven't been in the arena in the space to ask questions in a, in a safe space. Mm. Um and hopefully it, it helps us be better people to each other. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. So if anyone out there is at any point feeling how I felt growing up, just know that you're not alone. Just know that there are, there are so many people out there that can, re- that can relate to you. And your story may not be like mine. Your story could be a little deeper. You could, ha- you could, have, a whole, you could, be, you could have a whole different range of whatever it is whether whether it be c whether it be cp depression anything just know that you're not alone this is a safe space for you if there's anything that you would like me to talk about um any 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 anything in particular any any um any disability or or uniqueness or difference in particular let me know um on my Instagram page at A for Abled. Um, you can li- you can listen to this on all platforms, and there will definitely be more, all different types of people, all different types of conditions, all different types of stories. Can they email you? And of course, you can email me at Kyle Eric, thirty two thirty three, at gmail.com. Peace and love, and remember, you're never alone. <laughs>